Welcome to the Vintage Collection Podcast. I'm your hostess, Victoria of Victoria's Cantina, and it is here that we celebrate the legacy of Hasbro Star Wars, the Vintage Collection toy and collectibles line. At the Vintage Collection Podcast, we continue to advocate for the continuation of this beloved action figure and world-building line with increased output and continued improvement in technology and quality so that it may continue to inspire collectors of all ages for years to come. In episode 21 of the show, we are discussing the latest HasLab Star Wars The Vintage Collection campaign, The Ghost. As introduced in Star Wars Rebels nine years ago, Spotted briefly in Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, and Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, and currently being featured in the Disney Plus series Ahsoka, The Ghost continues the HasLab TVC tradition of large vehicles. We'll cover the history of the campaign, the aspects of it that worked well, and the parts that could be improved the next time around, and what we would like to see with the next TVC HasLab. joined today by two esteemed guests who need little introduction, both of whom have long histories with the Vintage Collection. The first is John Miko from Star Wars Vintage Collection Facebook group. Hi, John. Hey, Victoria. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being here. And the second is Chris Swatsky from Banthaskull.com. Hi, Chris. Hi, guys. How you doing? Thanks for having me on. Thank you for being here, Chris. Yeah. All right. So thank you guys very much for joining me today. It's always a pleasure to speak with you both for your insight and your storied histories as Star Wars fans and collectors who also produce content and are huge advocates for TVC. So I mentioned in the intro, we're talking about the ghosts. The campaign was funded this week with all tears unlocked. So I guess I'd like to start out with our general reactions. How are we feeling right now, guys? It's hard to be down right now, isn't it? Another vintage collection success, three for three. And not only did uh, it was it a success, blew past the final tier. Yeah, exactly. Another another home run for TVC. Feels great. It does. Um, it feels awesome. It feels really, really, really good uh, for all the tiers to have been unlocked, for it to be as successful as possibly it could have, for those uh, new versions of Sabine and Chopper coming later at some point. Uh, this is great. This is good stuff. I mean, people have been asking for Rebels uh, figures for... I, got, I guess nine years now at this point that are not five POA uh, and we're finally getting some after all this time. So uh, it, it's, it's, it's a little funny that it took a HasLab to get that to happen, but you know, here we are. It's kind of cool that we're finally going to get those figures, you know, Thrawn's coming. So we'll finally have a nice little set of these guys on our shelves. Yeah. And I, I will say um, this one's pretty special for me just because Went out to San Diego. It was my first San Diego Comic-Con. Got to meet you, Victoria, in person, which was awesome. And we obviously went to, to the panel and saw the, you know, the announcement of it. Then we got to see it in person and in all its glory, all those details they've put into it. And then, of course, seeing uh, all of the figures 
uh, that were going to be part of uh, the campaign. So that was really cool to actually see all of that. And they had the ship all decoed out, which was a surprise. So there was a lot of really cool um, experiences there all in one. So that, that made it extra special. Absolutely. And I was just going to say that uh, I, I personally wouldn't have cared if we ever got Rebels figures either way. But the one thing I'm thrilled about, and it's the one thing that irritates me about the line currently, I am so happy it's not trickled out over the course of five years. We're getting the crew all at once, essentially. And that is so huge to me. It is so unsatisfying to have Hunter and nobody else from Bad Batch to have one Knight of Ren. These things, I would rather not have those figures at all and use the tooling to build out a collection, you know, a collection within a collection we already have. Uh, than to get one from a source because I think it's torture. So getting them all at once is awesome. Yeah, I mean, what do you mean though? You have Captain Hauser, don't you? <laughs> yeah, uh, twice <laughs> and Captain uh, Captain Ballas too. Yeah, and Captain Ballas. There you go. Clones of clones. Um, <laughs> yeah. So no. Uh, yeah, you 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 touched on it really well, uh, John. Um, like if we go back to the beginning of this whole thing. Um, you know, you and I were there in the room when the ghost was announced when it was, and just the energy being in there, I got to say was so positive when they, when they announced the ghost, like everybody was happy. There were cheers. Uh, there were kids in there, as you remember, and and they were excited as well. Um, so it was really cool to, to see that, that cross generational, uh, appeal that the ghost had, uh, for HasLab and, you know, that that's the genesis of, of this whole campaign was, you know, there at San Diego Comic-Con, of course, they wheel it out right after that. And, you know, we're there to see it. And everybody's, uh, you know, I remember seeing you across the way. I didn't even know you were there, like there at first, but then I saw you. Like, oh, there's John. Uh, and we were, uh, you know, we were kind of just like excited uh, about about seeing it at that point. Um, so, yeah, it was it was super cool to be there and, and, and for the announcement and for the reveal and to see the the prototype in person, the prototypes of the figures. Um, And then uh, the campaign started immediately, which was really cool. There wasn't any delay. It's like, as we were in the panel, it was like, okay, go ahead, it's up. And I remember some guy shouted out something like, already already backed it, like, so. uh, Yeah, so the numbers were increasing as we were like right in that moment as it was being announced. So that was really cool. That was the very beginning of it. Um, and, uh, you know, I imagine that the news broke online. Some of us were live streaming the panel as well. Um, so it was pretty much instantaneous that, that it got out there, which I think was a really, uh, solid way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great thoughts there. And I, I wish I could have captured the expression on your face because as you said, like I was behind kind of everything, everything happening there and you were, you're like front row for all that. And I wish I could just capture your your the the expression you had of you know just pure joy and excitement that this is coming to fruition or hopefully it would come to fruition and be able to to witness all that so yeah great yeah great moments for sure um chris when this was announced and you saw it officially for the first time you know rumors aside of what the hazard was going to be when you saw the campaign you you went onto the website for the first time and backed it what were your initial thoughts uh, just, yeah, I don't know if you remember, uh, this would, this is a previous, the vintage collection podcast where you had Brett and I on, um, and you said, you know, why three, three and three quarter inch. My answer was the Millennium Falcon at, at, uh, the sail barge. So it's just a continuation of that tradition. I love the big vehicles. 
like I said, I, I've been very candid. This wasn't my first choice. I uh, probably wasn't in my top five, but just seeing it and knowing I'm getting this massive vehicle for a display piece was just exhilarating. Uh, and the one upshot of not being there is I actually backed within the first 10. I'm not sure, quite sure where I fall, but uh, I'm somewhere in the first 10 backers of the Ghost. Nice. It'd be interesting if they found a way to ship the Ghost with like a number on it. Like, oh, you were number nine out of 21,700, whatever it was. I, I know some people Some people have asked for that in the past. I think logistically that'd be a huge headache, <laughs> it would, but yeah. I think it'd be kind of cool. It would be kind of cool. Um. And yeah, so the one they had at STCC, um, uh, Chris Reif was was kind of, you know, he was insisting that that wasn't the final product. He said that they have a more recent, at the time, they had a more recent prototype that for whatever reason they didn't bring to the show. And it had like more like height clearance for Zeb and some of the other figures to interact with it. Um, so it was still a work in progress at that point, And I, I imagine it's continuing to be uh, worked on as time goes. So uh, as impressive as that was, it's, it's really cool to know that the final product's going to be even better. Yeah, and the detail, the detail within it was pretty extraordinary. I mean, it just seems like they're getting more and more into, you know, finer and, like I said, more detailed sculpting of things. I mean, the, the, the greebles on the sides of the ship to, to all of, um, just all of the detail, even in the, the figurines was... I was just blown away, and even even though they were like prototype figures at the time or printed figures, they they looked at, and just beyond comparison to anything they've produced thus far. So I'm excited for things to come. Yeah, I I, I think with the uh, the assault tank back in when was that the Rogue One assault tank 2019? Is that right? Anyway, uh, I think they really turned a corner on vehicles that. They're not toys anymore. They started becoming prop replicas. And that's another reason why I'm excited for anything that comes out now. They're so detailed. They're so amazing that, you know, they've really taken it to the next level. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, just, I mean, the quality is so present in, in these releases. Uh, Emily did a fantastic job with the figures. And when you look at them, and you can just go to the, you don't need to see them in person. You can just go to the Hasbro Pulse um, HasLab campaign for this. And like the proportions of the figures are are dialed in. Um, it, and, and that's one of the really cool things about TVC is that, you know, we expect the quality with it. But that quality continues to evolve, continues to improve, continues to uh, change with technology and change with the higher and higher standards that collectors have so it's really cool they're evolving the technology to uh, to create the figures and to make them more proportionate to uh, improve the way the articulation is integrated improve the deco uh, and also you know these guys come with some pretty nice accessories which we probably wouldn't get in standard release figures if they were in the main line yeah i completely agree there yeah yeah, so it's cool. I'm stoked. the The detail on this thing is phenomenal. Uh, it's going to be an awesome piece to add to the collection. I don't know yet where I'm going to put it. I don't know if you guys have cleared out space yet, but uh, thankfully we have a year to worry about that problem. Chris, you got room for that? <laughs> well, if you've seen me on the live streams, uh, to my right on any live stream or Q and A, there's an open space in my shelves, uh, and I was being coy, um, saying that it was for uh, the Boba Fett throne room and uh, Boba Fett starship that was going to go in there. Uh, but to be honest, it's because the rumors were the ghosts. That's what I was saving the space for. So I've already have the space put aside. Nice. Nice. 
Nice. I uh, I have. I have my Millennium Falcon on a uh, Amazon Basics guitar stand, and I think for the for the time being, once uh, the Ghost ships next year, I'm I'm gonna need another guitar stand for that until I, I figure out a much better layout for these big ships. Yeah, yeah, it's a good problem to have though, I guess, because we are getting the Ghost, and we'll have uh we'll have, we'll have a year to figure it out, but um. Yeah, I love that it's customizable too in terms of you don't need to have the full thing assembled to display it. Um, that's actually something I had done with the Razor Crest is I removed one of the uh, engines so that I could get it to fit on one of my shelves just horizontally in it. And I'm re- very happy with it as it looks. You can't, you can't even tell. So it's nice that the, the Ghost will have some similar uh, ability to be put onto a shelf without having to have the whole thing assembled. So. That'll be really cool. And, and what's funny is, is I think um, Emily had mentioned, I don't remember if it was in her story or on Instagram or one of her posts, but she had said that it would fit on, um, I think it's called a, a, a callist from Ikea as like a specific kind of shelf. Um, and uh, I actually have that exact shelf. So I was like, oh, well, then I don't even need to buy new shelving. I'll, I'll have a place to put it because I know the dimensions are going to fit if I remove half of the wings. So uh that makes me happy, <laughs> not having to buy new shelving. Yeah, and I think they showed that at the uh, Ahsoka um, reveal that they had, right? I think behind them they had it on uh, some sort of shelving or cabinet display with with half, you know, one of the wings taken off. So that was good to finally see because I know a lot of people had those concerns at one point. So uh, as time goes on with this campaign, um, you know, we're, we're, as always, we're, we're sitting, we're patient, we're waiting. And, but there is a little anxiety in there, especially as you start getting closer to the end of the campaign. Um, did any of us feel that realistically at any point? I know, Chris, you had said that you thought from the beginning it would, it would unlock all tiers. I said the same thing, but I did got to admit, I, I was starting to get a little nervous in the last, uh, last two weeks. Um, but did at any point we feel that, honestly, that the tiers were not going to be fully unlocked? No, not here. Uh, I backed off on my uh, twenty thousand uh, on the on the third to last day, just because on uh, Labor Day it didn't do the numbers I was expecting. So I said I don't think it's going to get to twenty thousand. I really regret pulling it back. So I, I wish I had that twenty five twenty five thousand out there the entire time. So I pulled that back, but I said I, I was at full confidence that Zeb would unlock the entire time. In fact, uh, uh, I actually smoked a celebration cigar on the second to last day when we were at fourteen thousand five hundred. <laughs> Yeah, I'll say uh, there was a, there was a, a couple moments where you started to doubt um, what was going to happen if it was going to hit the final tier, and I think um, once it went past Canaan, uh, the fourteen thousand on day forty-seven, correct? Yep. Then it it really t- took off really fast at that point, and then it was like, oh, okay, we're gonna. The, the probabilities and trending that people had noted and Chris had noted, it's happening. It's going to happen. Sit back, relax, enjoy the rest of the ride. And, and even that last day, that last day had um, you know over 6,800 backers, which was just wild. Yeah. Um, so And, and b- cool. by the way, that uh, Victory Cigar is not a joke. And John, actually, if you remember, John, you FaceTimed and you caught me mid Mid cigar. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Nice, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really cool that everything worked out. Uh, you know, every TVC HasLab campaign has 
fully funded with all tiers unlocked. This one had the most tiers of any so far. And it was different in the sense that the tier unlocks were what most would probably consider integral parts of this of this vehicle, the ghost. Because uh, when you think of the ghost, you know, you think of the rebel's crew. And without that crew, it's, it's not really the ghost. Um, so uh, with that being the case for this specific um, HasLab, do, do we think that's the best approach going forward? Um, putting figures that haven't been released yet that might be vital to that specific product, uh, in this case, the ghost, is that the approach to go with or should uh, tier unlocks perhaps be something that are less integral to uh, to the main product? Well, I, I just wrote about this for uh, Thursday in the uh, was it Thursday. Yeah, I think it was Thursday in the postmortem of the campaign. And I'm questioning it. I'm seriously questioning it myself because, um, uh, you know, I, when, it, when it backs, you want to celebrate. When it, when it has that backs, and I don't feel like we could celebrate with the ghost because, as you said, everything was so essential to to the ghost it would feel incomplete without that i mean i think we all know um they're coming later in a different form uh it's reading reading between the lines plus i can guarantee you that the tooling for these figures is not budgeted to this HasLab. the majority of the tooling i can promise you is budgeted somewhere else when they come out mm. at, at mass retail uh but as we you know as we can deduce it's going to be a, you know a season one or two appearance of these of these figures but I think that it's it's something as a collector, a world building collector, you you want all the pieces at once. You don't want to have to build these things over time. It's kind of alluding to what I said earlier. So I think it was very important for collectors to know that when they got their ghost, especially when I think these things pull in some more casual fans, like they, they, they get these prestige items. I know I personally know people that don't collect the line, but, you know, they're always telling me, hey, when the next HasLab happens, let me know. And they, they collect the HasLabs. Those type of people need all the pieces at once because they're not going to go to the store. They're not going to know about them when they come out later. So mm-hmm. I, I think I think Hasbro should really look at what in the collector's mind defines completeness for a HasLab, and that should be the launch. And if they have to adjust the the backer numbers, they have to adjust the backer numbers to reflect that. But that's my uh, late breaking opinion on it. Yeah, and Chris, I know you you spoke to not having tears and more having them be all part of the the offer well, well, no. correct that maybe a higher yeah, price i, f- I forget your yeah, exact yeah, thoughts there's still on be it, tears but, but just you know there'd be something different yeah additional and, and i think right the, the the one thing i think is good in has labs is when the the bonus items aren't necessarily essential to the base offering because as i as i said in our um live stream right uh with the swtvc group you know if you know, like the, 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 the sale barge yak face, you you could sell that. If you're just opening your, your barge, you could sell that and not feel like you didn't have an incomplete barge because you could go get the mainline one uh, and do that. And that gives people, a, right. I think it opens up the, the hazards to more people because now they can, you know, more easily budget it and say, well, you know, I'm going to pay X and I'm going to have to pay, you know, for the ghost $500. But if I had these pieces I could sell off to offset some of those costs down the line, it might make it more you know, um, appetizing or, or um, you know, it might interest more people to, to back it, I think, if if the tier unlocks are something that could be separable from the HasLab. Just the nice bonuses that, you know, maybe carded collectors would really like them. But if you're not a carded collector, now you can offset some of your costs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, because they, they, they seem to flip-flop sometimes between 
trying not to firewall figures or uh, a specific card back behind um, mainline items, right? Like, uh, you know, they firewalled Merrick and his card behind uh, his X-Wing. Um, then the Slave 1, I'm sorry, Boba Fett's starship came out. <laughs> and um, they had uh, Fett in there without a card, and they noted there they didn't want to firewall the card. And basically, I think they were pretty honest that, you know, read between the lines here, it's going to come down the road. So it's interesting how they kind of go back and forth. Now, I know we had some people asking in the Facebook group, you know, if I buy uh, the HasLab, can I sell the ship down the road and keep, I just want the figures. So there's almost like an opposite effect there too. Is, is this part of their strategy to get more, ha, uh, more backers, more has, you know, more bang for the buck with the HasLab and, and more money. So I, I don't know what the right answer is, um, but yeah, it, it, it is unfortunate in, in some circumstances, but I'm sure at the same time, it also, um, helps sell the Haslab. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think in this case, you know, this being the ghost, which did not have figure figure oral, I want to say for some reason support. Um, it kind of it, it kind of worked. Um, it was it was stressful because if you didn't get all of them unlocked, then you know, you have you're left with an incomplete product, essentially, but I, I guess with if we if it was something different, let's just say for as an example, if it was the Imperial shuttle, um, you know we we would have had stormtroopers, we would have had royal guards, we would have had the Emperor Vader. Uh, we could have used I don't know who would use as the pilots, maybe some some Imperial officers or something uh, type type pilots. Even we would we'd have everything we'd need. Um, so that support would be there but for the ghost there was nothing like there was they could have i guess said at the beginning like if this campaign is successful we'll make sure all of these characters are in the main line by the time the ghost comes out um but it's it's kind of a tricky thing because there wasn't this is the first of its kind where there wasn't figure support for it outside of the hazlab campaign itself so i'm hoping that going forward if if they do this approach um with a brand new vehicle that doesn't have or whatever it is that doesn't have it's from new media that just doesn't have figures available that maybe they'll find a different way to do that because then you're, you're also left with the whole thing of well you know i have a set of figures but now I, i'm conflicted whether or not to open them <laughs> so which is a whole other problem but um i don't think it's ideal and i, I do hope that for the next time around that maybe this isn't the approach they they move forward with I do like the thought you had, right? And it should be a, a, additional items, right? Like the card back or some some unique accessories yeah. to not to not the essential, yeah. Uh, yeah, accessories. Stuff. But um, you know, to to Victoria's point about the card backs, um, this is breaking me of my completed card collection because I'm not opening a second ghost just to have the card figures, and I want these figures open, so. I've decided to give up being a card completionist, which feels good, but in the long run, that wow, that, that's going to be breaking news. Yeah, it's going to be less money for Hasbro in the long run. Welcome. <laughs> I definitely won't be having a keeping a carded fin. I can I can tell you that when that comes out. Yeah, you know, 
What what I did last time with the Razor Crest is I went on eBay and just bought a second set and I kind of waited a while and then I was able to get both for like $90 or something, which isn't terrible. Uh, and I opened I opened the secondary set, but I may do the same thing with the Ghost, but I have a feeling it's going to be a lot more expensive and I think so too. Probably not going to be as many of them being listed, but hey, even if it's like 200 or whatever, you know, it's kind of what it is cuz you know, I I, I do want to I have given up the part I used to do like 100% TBC everything like one boxed one opened and that included the vehicles that included the play sets that included the the figure build up pack things um, but I don't do that anymore when once prices started going up on stuff earlier this year I had to make a hard decision and say I'm not gonna I'm only gonna do the figures carded um, so that's that's all that's what I've been sticking to but you know, I'll have to make an exception for this and go to eBay or, you know, make friends with a buddy that has an extra carded set or something. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I do hope that moving forward that they offer a, an option. And I know my friend Kevin from uh, Toying Around, who I had on Cantina Social Hour a few weeks back during his Q&A with Hasbro, he, he asked them um, if they would consider um, when they're doing a set, a cart, a, a carded set of figures uh, with with a campaign like they did with the ghost, if they would consider offering uh, an extra add-on that you could you could pay another hundred bucks for or whatever and get an extra set of the figures, and I thought that was kind of cool because that would um, kind of solve this problem. You know, you'd be able to get a set of carded and a set of loose figures if they were doing what they did with the ghost. If it was just add-ons like you're suggesting, Chris, that aren't really essential that wouldn't really be necessary. But for something like this, like having that extra add-on that you would pay an, another hundred bucks or whatever it is for, it, it could have really been helpful for collectors. So maybe hopefully that's something they keep in mind as, as things move forward. I, I hope they do that, but like, uh, I, you know, it's not my problem to solve, but I do shudder for them to think of the logistics uh, in the case where the Carter figures are stretch goals, because how, you know, how, how do you, how do you present that to the consumer? Uh, you can buy an extra set of figures for X dollars, but only if they're unlocked. So, you know, it, it could be very confusing to the consumer. You know, say, you know, in this case, we, we got four figures and say that was an, an additional, uh, I'll just round it off, $60. Well, if Zeb doesn't unlock, then it's, you know, $45. You know, uh, that'd be very confusing at, at checkout, I think. But again, that's not my problem to solve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've I've shared that feedback to them as well. Victoria and that would be nice for you to be able to buy as many extra as you want right um, but I I unfortunately think it's you know th- that probably won't happen not only just from a logistical reason like Chris mentioned but they just want you to back more than one to get <laughs> to get that mm-hmm. set so. yeah that's probably basically what what it is um, I know I asked him the same thing at SDCC during our q and I, you know, like said, do I need to get two ghosts to get an extra send? Like, yeah, basically you do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it is tough. I mean, I guess it would have to be either if all tiers unlocked, would you like to have an extra set of the figures? Check yes or no. Uh, and then when you got processed, they would just process the extra charge for the whole set if they unlocked that or just like we were saying earlier just avoid you know gatekeeping these these critical figures you know if i mean if assuming that we we were not going to get other rebels season one or two which we probably will but assuming that we weren't because you know we don't really know um 
I think not confining them to the to the HasLab, offering them some other way, saying they're going to come out, pipelining them for later, whatever it is, uh, would probably be ideal so that you don't even have to go into that t- territory. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see because this, you know, this was kind of a first uh, and it'll be interesting to see what they do next time around. Yeah, and maybe comp- compromising the card back and just offering them as a, a loose additional add-on or something could could work. And, and I will say, I, I I think it's terrible putting these figures unique to Haslabs. I just don't I don't think that's right. I, I, I again, I go back to the to the yak base. I think that's the right solution. What they did there, where they gave you a very unique packaging that some collectors are going to pay big bucks for. Um, but it's not unique. Only the packaging and that glass were un- in the coin were unique to that. The figure itself is not. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think it's right. I personally don't think it's right putting putting figures unique to to Haslabs. Important figures, I should say. Right, and and not just that, but also you know figures that that yeah that are important that you know some people have been asking for for a long time have never been represented in the vintage collection. Um, yeah, definitely putting them exclusive to to Haslab, you know, $500. That's you know, that's tough on a lot of people. So I I hope going forward that that's not the route they go. Um John, did you have any other thoughts? Yeah, and I think too that, you know, could it could have could have they avoided the tears and did and, you know, you're getting all four of these figures and the ghost for, you know, I don't know, I'm just throwing a number out there, $600 or $650 or um, whatever the price would be. I I think at least it was good this way that they did do the tiers because that $500 price tag, I think, mm-hmm. could be, t- you know, anything higher than that could be tough right. for a lot of people, especially with everything, you know, processing and shipping right now, which I, I know I've been pretty vocal about, but everything's hitting right now everyone's you know waiting to pay for the book of uh boba fett throne um the jabba's denizens you know all of this stuff is is hitting right now and it's it's even that alone is making people some people choose one or the other exactly it's it's tough and i was actually we were talking about this i had evan from uh, swtvc on social hour last night and we were talking about this and it's insane how many things are processing, not just for TVC, but for Black Series, like all the Walmart exclusive Bad Batch Season 2 are processing. And um, yeah, there's just so many things. The N1 for some people is processing. Um, the Black Series Java is processing. Um, yeah, so it's just a really insane time. And when you tack on the HasLab on top of that, and then, you know, the... the uh, the the Boba Fett throne room set and yeah I mean it's just it's just pretty overwhelming so hopefully they space things out a little bit more going forward um, but yeah no I, I definitely hope that I think you know the cards being exclusive is great like that that is awesome like the mural card backs yeah but you know pipeline the figures so that they do come out in the main line uh, and then just offer the card backs exclusive that way more people have access to the figures that way. Uh, you can maintain a carded set by buying the the ghost with all the stretch goals, and then you can also buy get your loose set by buying the regular releases later on. I think that's keeping with that. I think is is probably the the best strategy overall. I think that's the most accessible way to do it. Can, can we can we talk a hypothetical really quick? Just a really quick hypothetical. Yeah. So, so if they did the cantina, 
and the Tonica sisters were the, you know, the, the figures that came with it. And they have to be, if they're going to do a cantina, those have to be the figures, at least those. If those were, if those were on Power of the Force, you know, 1985 cards, and also pipelined on regular episode cards uh, for mainline, the, that would not affect the backing of the of the cantina at all because fans would go crazy for those Power of the Force cards. They wouldn't have any impact on the backing. So it can be done if, if it's done smartly with the, the right, you know, exclusive card that fans want. That's a good point. Yeah, and I'll just add on to that, that, you know, it's to draw in those loose collectors as well. There's got to be a couple couple accessories or I, I know the power of the force have the coin as well but you know you can add you know i think they were smoking in the cantina right i think they were smoking a hookah or smoking something i could be wrong victoria i don't know if you were <laughs> yeah danic jericho was oh okay i thought i thought the tonicas were were enjoying some of that too Pro- but anyways probably, probably it could were. be some of the, some of that type of offering or a special you know a special cup or glass or something just you know but to loose collectors i would say you hit the jackpot. Doesn't have to have it. You hit the jackpot. You can sell those and offset a massive amount of your costs, and then go buy the the the, the, the mainline release later on. You, you know, as we saw with the Yak Face, that recovered that recovered over half the cost. Three hundred dollars. Those were going for. It's still going for three hundred dollars. Uh, that recovers over half the cost of your bards right there. So, you know, if you're a loose collector, to me, that's the jackpot. Don't put anything unique in there. Uh, and now, now I can sell those Power of the Force replica cards. Well, then, then there's me who who wants that unique little clear glass and the coin opened and loose. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and as a software developer, <laughs> we have an expression: you don't program to the exception; you program to the norm. So you're the exception, John. We don't program to you. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we all have our own little like collecting quirks. That's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So you know, we'll, we'll definitely touch on. Um, possible future Haslabs in just a bit. Uh, I want to talk about um, positive aspects of this campaign, and I think we kind of touched on this. We don't need to spend a lot of time on that, but um, I do want to say that for the most part, you know, when you put aside the tier unlocks and you put aside the actual product of this being the ghost, I think that this was a really uh, very well done campaign, very well designed. Um, And I think that when you compare what other companies have done in recent months for their own sorts of crowdfund campaigns, that this was a really good <laughs> sort of a masterclass in what a crowdfund campaign should be, especially if it's coming from, you know, a big corporation like Hasbro or Mattel or, or whatever. But um, just the way that they rolled it out there at SDCC to capitalize on the people that were there, the hype, the collectors, knowing they were going to have that panel, knowing they were going to have Q&As, knowing that there was going to be a lot of publicity, uh, and then rolling it out to coincide with the release of um, Ahsoka on Disney Plus, I think that that was um, really well, really well handled, um, and just being accessible uh, as far as the Hasbro reps being there and the enthusiasm of of the Hasbro uh, team, you know, that was very, very obvious as well, and. That's not something that other companies always always have when they when they do a crowdfund. So I think that that played a big part as well. As I think Hasbro did a really good job. I think every campaign, you know, is a learning uh, is something they learn something new from it, and uh, we learn something new from it. And I think that this this ghost campaign kind of showcased the culmination of what worked well in the past, what didn't work well in the past, and how to capitalize on on hype, on current media, on 
collectors. And so I just want to give them props for doing a really good job with that and maintaining communication throughout the process and uh, involving collectors uh, in that, because I think that was a really wise thing for them to do. I'd also like to say, I, I think it was a very measured campaign. I think it was well-researched and um, yeah. took into account the economy. Uh, as John said earlier, I, I don't think anything before above $500 would have flown right now with you know the state of the economy. So I, I, I really applaud them for being how careful they were with this one. Um, I think, you know, trying to take advantage of the, uh, of, of the zeitgeist with Obi-Wan Kenobi with the Reeve as lightsaber, that might have been a little bit rushed. But this one was a very measured and thought out campaign. And as you guys alluded to, having the, the, full, the full painted model on the floor, I mean, that was huge. Yeah. You know, we, we can remember back to the, to the, you know, the printed barge, the barge. from, um, from, from uh, Toy Fair, was it 2019? Um, yep. if I remember correctly, uh, 2018. 2018. Thank you, John. Um, you know, we, we can remember that and that just created so much confusion, you know, despite how, how we all, you know, all of us, you know, that knew that it was going to be fully painted just to the general population it created so much confusion. So having the physical painted model there was enormous and hopefully that's a, a precedent going forward too. We don't have to look at renders or, you know, or, or gray printed, uh, prototypes. We can see the actual product we're getting. Right. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I'll echo that again as well. It was awesome to see everything on display, everything pretty fully decoed. Um, and then, yeah, uh, their communication was great too because there was a, a point during the campaign where um, I don't think they had released the individual figures of uh, from um, a official picks official pictures or images perspective and you know collectors started asking can we see more photos of of them and they responded pretty quickly to that and got out some official photos so that was also great yeah definitely um and yeah i mean definitely having that model on hand at the show look great um was a great thing for them to do uh, even if it wasn't final you know it was pretty close and i think it represented well what you would be purchasing so uh, having people there to photograph it and take videos and stuff uh, was was quite uh, was pretty wise. Um, all right, so I think we've covered the uh, the Haslab campaign pretty well for the Ghost. Let's talk about the future of the vintage collection Haslab. So what's next? Uh, I know Chris, you like to talk about figure packs, and I think we would all love that. Yes. Um, but there's it, it's kind of hard to say what they're going to do because I mean at least for TVC they've been really consistent with making sure it's a vehicle. Um, with Black Series, you know, even though it's not, I know Black Series is kind of like a catch-all when it comes to like role play and figures and stuff, but they tried the, the Rancor, didn't work out. They tried the, the Riva Saber, uh, didn't work out. Um, what do we think they're going to do next time? Do we think like realistically that it could be a figure pack or are they going to try and stick with this strategy of a vehicle or could they even move into something like dioramas or play sets? I think it's going to be a playset, and I think we all know which one I'm thinking of, um, uh, being the Death Star. Um, uh, I just, I, I think if we put if you put out a poll, like we all, I want figure packs. Uh, it, John wants figure packs. Victoria, I'm sure you want figure packs. Um, but oh, yes. given the choice between the, that or a massive, if you can only pick one, when you, when you have to make that choice, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick the big giant Death Star. Is what I'm gonna pick. Uh, and the 
the thing that has disappointed me ab- about the ghost and before that, the, to an extent, the razor crest is the reason why I love the barge was, was huge, but it collected a ton of my figures, basically organized my collection. These figures that I had loose on shelves yeah. now have a home. I want to get back to that. And the Death Star I mean, would be that, you know, I have Stormtroop, all these stormtroopers, you know, and, you know, the uh, uh, Imperial Navy commanders and the officers. I want to give them a home and the Death Star would be the perfect home for that. And if they did, you know, depending which Death Star they did, you you know, the Emperor and, uh, you know, the the new incredible Death Star 2, Vader, you know, give these things a home. And that's that's what I hope Haslab gets back to, something that elevates our displays, not adds to it um, like the Ghost and the Razor Crest do, but elevates what we already have. Mm. I really want that for the next Haslab. I like that. Yeah, I'll I'll echo that. I mean, I I know in polling, the the Ghost and Death Star seem to be you know the top two uh, most asked for items, including you know throw in the Cantina as well. Um, it would be amazing if they could do some kind of playsetter or vehicle offering, plus do a a, a figure dream pack. Um, again, I just want them to keep expanding the tooling library and offer us you know figures as well that may not do well uh, at, at retail and that are, are truly dream worthy so um, I'm there I do worry with the Death Star and it's it's pricing um, but you know again it's a dream item and you know that's that's what usually goes along with it so uh, I'm all for that and I, I just again I want to see figures uh, accompanying these as well however they do it and then re-offer them in mainline uh, would be ideal mm-hmm. yeah I, I agree with that too john like even the death star it, it must come with an updated grandma of tarkin as far as i'm concerned that's it and that way it wouldn't even be all new tooling um and and there if i could plug uh power of the force again um Grand Moff Tarkin was supposed to come out on the power for power of the force card in 1986 but the line got canceled so, i mean that's like a no-brainer. Death Star with a Power of the Force uh, carded uh, Grand Moff Tarkin, but as well, the rest of that briefing room. You have to have those officers from the jump. Uh, I mean, we're, we're getting we're getting Mahdi, right? Is that the one that's coming in the Imperial Officer Pack? I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, we, we, we need Colonel um, Yularen, we need Tag uh, Taga, whatever, Taggy, whatever his name is. Just, we need the rest of that. Um, Chief Bast, you know, we need those figures, too. They have to come from the jump with the Death Star. And maybe similar too, if we're going to blend. I was just going to say, what about a creepy old dignitary? <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a power of the force card too, as yeah, well, right? Yeah, that's a stretch goal. Make that one a stretch goal. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, we got. Yeah, it would be cool if they did all those all those dignitaries at some point. Even even tall hat guy would be fun. Right. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. Complete but, collections. Complete them. Yeah. Stop teasing us with two or three. Now's the time. I mean, you know, there's. You know, a lot of us have been collecting for a really long time at this point. You know, whether you got into it during the vintage days or you got into it like the very beginning of Power of the Force 2, the modern era. I mean, that's a long time to be to be collecting the same stuff. So they kind of need to, to pivot back, I think, HasLab to to the OT and pivot back to whatever it is that harkens back to lifting up those uh, those longstanding traditions of characters like Cantina Aliens, like Death Star uh, characters, uh, I think that'd be the way to go. And 
whether it's Death Star, Cantina, I think, you know, either either of those would do what you're saying, Chris. They would give a home to those figures that we've amassed over the last several decades and um, give them a place to finally live out their their lives, so to speak. Right. And I, I should say Death Star 1A, Cantina 1B, if, if, if I was ranking them. Okay. Uh, mine would be just the opposite, but um, <laughs> but I will I will say at least we have, and I know it's as as crude as it is, as old as it is. A lot of people still use that 3D diorama for the cantina from the Power of the Force two days. Um, I'm still using it, and uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it still it still holds up for all intents and purposes. And you know, if you have the the cantina bar sections that were released later. Yep. Um, you know, you can put that in there and, it, and that that's pretty fun. So uh, the Death Star, not so much unless you have space walls, which I, I do have a few space walls, um, but we don't have like proper like a place to put those other than like I think of like the Power of the Force too. again, like the Death Star uh, prison corridor or stuff like that. But we need a proper house for those figures. So I think either one of those would be great. Um, but yeah, we definitely need a new Grand Moff Tarkin. Uh, and we definitely need those officers uh, because those are, I mean, they're, they're, they may not be main characters, but they are sort of like legacy characters uh, for Star Wars. So, yeah, I think either of those would be great. Um, and I, it's just interesting to think about the Death Star, like how that would, maybe this is another episode we can do is is how, how you approach the Death Star. Because you've talked about, Chris, before, how there's so many ways to do the Death Star. Right. Um, is, is it like a sphere that opens up with panels? Is it dioramas, kind of like the Tana V4 playset? Is it something that's a mix of the two? Does it combine Death Star 1 and Death Star 2? Like, there's just so many things you can do it do with that and it's kind of hard to nail it down to something that could come out perfect because you know everybody expects different things from a death star i i think the the one thing that we can say and it's what you guys were mentioning earlier is it needs to be shelf installable that's the thing that they have to solve yeah. with it modularity yeah but if you can't put it on a shelf if it you know if people have to buy a, you know another coffee table it's not going to work it has to be shelf installable somehow yes and uh, it can't have modularity like rocks. <laughs> <laughs> like the rocks in Chris's backyard. I, f- I feel bad because I said that about the, um, the carbon freezing playset, and that's my favorite. It has become my absolute favorite of the, uh, the playsets that they've done. Yeah, that's, I, you know, I don't, that's the only one I don't have on display just because of how tall it is. I don't really have anywhere to put it because it's so tall, but... Um, uh, I have taken it out and, and kind of played with it a little bit, I will say. And it is, it's not bad. It's not bad. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of things. Anything else that, that strikes us as as a possible HasLab, uh, whether that's, you know, prequel trilogy, sequel trilogy, Disney Plus, etc.? I, I honestly don't right now. I mean, you know, the, the Cantina and Death Star have come up in so much media, right? Yeah. Even new newer media so i think they they play really good against you know lfl's direction and i think hasbro's direction for you know if we're going to do something it you know typically needs to be pretty relevant and something that lfl is going to get behind so um i'm sure there's some other things you know that have that have come through like i think people have talked about the marauder spit uh ship 
of uh, mm -hmm. the Bad Batch. I think I'm saying that right. And then the Gauntlet or the, the different Mandalorian ships, um, things like that. So um, I just don't think they're as dreamy as the the Death Star and Cantina. Mm -hmm. the, the the only ones uh, you know I can think of. Um, I can't think of a PT one because um, I think the the well, unless the gunship now is considered a Haslab, um, I think I think the PT vehicles I would want um, would fall would, would be you know in that Mandalorian's N one range, and there's no reason to use a Haslab. But I, I, the ones I think of the ones that cross over. So obviously the sand crawler crosses over Disney, and yeah. and you know the OT, the the uh, Lambda class Imperial shuttle, very prevalent in Disney. Mm. Uh, Yes. On Disney Plus shows now, and it's got the OT times. I think those ones, you know, they have that crossover make a lot of sense. And I, and I also think that's why the end, the Mandalorians and one sold so well. It's new media, uh, you know, OT fans view view the Mandalorian as OT adjacent, and then PT fans said it's an N one, so it just crossed over the entire spectrum of fans. True. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with that, and I I think they covered the prequels really well during the time that. We had the golden age of Star Wars action figure collecting. I'm thinking of like the Saga collection, the 30th anniversary collection, legacy collection dates. Uh, and they did a lot of Clone Wars stuff too that, that also serves as realistic, like when you talk about vehicles. Um, so I think that's pretty well covered. You know, as, as nice as it would be to have a perfect um, Republic gunship or an even better um, Sandcrawler or Imperial shuttle, or, you know, I think they should focus more on things we don't have rather than retreading things that we do. Like yeah. I'd love to see those things eventually, um, especially the shuttle, but I'd rather them not use HasLab to, to retread stuff quite yet. I'd rather them fill in the gaps that we, where we really need something like the Death Star, like the Cantina before that becomes uh, the direction to, to move in. I agree. I, I thought of another PT one, but it does, violate that rule you just said but i would argue the one we have is so underscaled that it doesn't count uh i i would go for D darth maul sith infiltrator properly scaled where it could house the uh the his speeder bike and everything i would go for that nice but again it only really collects one figure it's a lot of space for one figure and we would need we would absolutely need a new death darth maul for that to work too yeah that's true that would be a cool one to get um yeah, because the one we have is tiny, like compared to how it is in the film. It opens up from the, should open from the back, right? And it just opens up from the top, and you just like squeeze him in there. He can barely fit. Yeah, it's tiny. Um, yeah. So no, I mean, I think those are all great ideas, and you know, again, congratulations to Hasbro on a, another successful Star Wars TVC campaign, uh, where all tiers were unlocked, and you know, we're all now celebrating. Uh, even though we got to wait a year, we're also celebrating the imminent arrival of the ghost. Uh, we're getting to enjoy Ahsoka simultaneously where we get to see the ghost and get us more hyped up for it. Uh, and congratulations to the collecting community as well for, for stepping up and supporting the ghost. And even if you didn't support it, you know, those that were cheering on the campaign and putting out positivity, you know, that's always awesome to see. Yeah. So, um, and it's a win for the toy community, even if you don't collect Star Wars or collect Haslabs or whatever just seeing the toy community at large get campaigns like this with massive vehicles dream projects funded um is really cool so uh, i'm really happy and i know you guys are really happy as well and we're excited about celebrating the ghost 
Uh, any final thoughts you want to add before we wrap here? Yeah, I'll just, I'll just say, hey, look at us. Look at TVC collectors. I mean, we are, we are coming to bat. We are showing up. We are just, just supporting our line. And the one thing I'll say to that is let's get some additional love back and let's get some more funding into the line. This is something Chris and I have talked about a lot recently. And uh, we, you know, I would like to see just more investment in balancing uh, the the lines they offer and just getting us more. Yeah, and I'd like to piggyback on what John's saying and just, you know, I, I know these big ticket items are prof- profitable. Uh, I refer back to um, the uh, G.I. Joe, the toys that made us on Netflix, where Larry Hammond said the secret was that the figures lost money so they could make money on the G.I. Joe vehicles. Uh, and I just would like to remind Hasbro that they want this community to step up and buy these big ticket items, which are very profitable. They need to have the figure support. So, even if it's tough, you got to increase that figure budget. We need more figures, and we'll buy the vehicle. If you make the figures, we'll buy the vehicles too. And what do you mean by figures? Do you mean specifically more new tooling? Absolutely. New to- what exactly? Um, um, I'm, I'm going to say this once. <laughs> I'm teeing you up. I, I'm going to say this once because <laughs> I don't want to keep repeating it. Whenever I say uh, you know figures, I mean newly tooled, 100% newly tooled all the time going forward. Me too. No more kit bashes, no more uh, inaccurate kit bashes. Kit bash is fine if it's 100% accurate. If they ever tool up a new um, uh, Episode 4 Han Solo, the legs can be used for Episode 5. But if, it's, if there's any compromised accuracy, no more kit bashing or any of that stuff. For, for in, very important figures, I should say. Yeah, VIPs or VIP. Agreed. VIPFs? Yep. Okay, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, no, I'm... I'm I think that's very well said and yeah so uh we'll see what happens next uh, i'm sure there'll be updates along the way uh in terms of the progress of the of the ghost uh, until it finally makes its way to our collections and yeah i look forward to having you guys again uh on the tvc podcast very soon thanks to both of you again for being here um where can uh our listeners go to look you up on the interwebs chris so um, um is where you can find me. Uh, we do have social media accounts, but you can access them. If you go to bantaskull.com and, and on the banner, you'll have all our social media accounts. Uh, I'm also trying to use my personal Instagram um, a little bit more, uh, not as often as I should, uh, just so I can do things that maybe aren't in the Bantaskull vertical. Um, uh, I don't want to use the official Instagram account. Um, and that would be a great way to get in touch with me. Unfortunately, I wasn't prepared for this question, so I can't remember what my Instagram um, account name is. I think it's Chris. If you just uh, look up Chris Swansky, you'll find it. But um, that would be a good way to get in touch with me. John, are you looking it up now? <laughs> now I can hear typing in the background. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm afraid to ruin my microphone here. Um, yeah, and you can you can find me uh, at. SW the vintage collection on Facebook. We had to change our name recently because we were worried Disney was gonna shut us down through Facebook if we said Star Wars in our name. Um, that's probably not true, but whatever. Uh, and you can also find me on Instagram at the far side of Endor, and we do some stuff mostly live streaming on YouTube at John Miko TVC. 
Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thank you. And, and I'll just say it's uh, Chris Swansky, all one word for my Instagram. Awesome. Yeah, no, thank you both very much for being here. It's always a pleasure to chat with you and uh, about Hasbro Star Wars uh, TVC. And uh, we will have links in the show notes to all these places. So even if we don't remember what they are, they will be there when, when the show publishes. Um, but yeah, thank you guys very much. And we'll, we'll talk again soon. And yeah, we, we got the ghost. The ghost is coming to our collections. Um, it's time to celebrate. Woo! <laughs> we did it again. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Vintage Collection Podcast. For the latest TVC news and developments, be sure to keep up with our friends in the community, such as BanthaSkull.com, the SW, the Vintage Collection Facebook group, SWTVC on Instagram, and Bosk's Bounty on YouTube. You can also follow me on the Victoria's Cantina YouTube channel, as well as Victoria's Cantina on Instagram, TikTok, X, Threads, and Facebook. If you can spare a moment or two, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts to help spread word about the show. You can also rate us through other podcast providers. No matter where you're listening out in the galaxy, I'd like to thank you once again for tuning in to the Vintage Collection Podcast. Collect them all, and may the Force be with you.